Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time about. for Mortgage Matters. Good morning, good morning. Welcome, everyone. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Man, it's already 2016. This is, <laughs> it was a weird one, though, because I was thinking, it. does it feel like it was relatively recent that it was like y2k remember that <laughs> yeah and all the everything was going to come to a complete oh yeah like your coffee maker wouldn't work your microwave wouldn't work i guess none of that stuff came i, I remember we had meetings here at the radio station because we were concerned that it would not roll over and so we would just go completely dark what was a meeting like though i mean did you guys just sit around and worry, or, or did <laughs> well, you actually we, have yeah, solutions? We have, backups, we have backup plans and everything, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. People here actually, just in case it needed to case. be old school yeah. people talking. Sure, we had like you know actual CD players in the studios. Oh wow, boy, yeah. CD play. Hold yeah. the hold the speaker up next to the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, actually, we had CD players yeah, ready to go. It was kind of tripping me out. I can't believe that was already 16 years ago. I mean, I'm sure some of the older audience would even think of other dates. Likewise, it seems so weird, but yeah. it's it's a strange thing getting older and just how fast the years go by. <laughs> yeah, is that your most memorable New Year's 2000? Uh, I didn't have to be here. I just know I had to be in on the meetings. But yeah, that was it was pretty good. Yeah, because you know everybody was like scared. It was going to be like. I mean, it's uh, one of the ones yeah. I remember where I Nothing. was and what I was doing. Yeah. Oh, we we were even scared that remember like the ICBMs might go off. Yeah. Remember that? Uh -huh. Government was scared about that. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the ATM and took some money out in case the ATMs didn't work the next day. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much nothing happened, and everybody lived through it. As uneventful as this new year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good riddance to 2015. I hated writing so many fives. Oh? Six is just a better number. You know how many pieces of paper <laughs> I would have to throw away because my five didn't come off right? Oh, you know I'm throwing away papers right now because I'm still writing five. Five. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's a... Yeah, I guess six maybe quite a burden. different. Quite a yeah, burden. It's just, like it's just one so smooth. Flow. Yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah. great. Love it. There you go. Huh. Yeah, five is kind of backwards. You have to go, and with six you can go in one direction. If five, you're, you're up, you're across, down, and then to the right. If your penmanship were as terrible as mine, do you your life would probably just hold you hostage? Yeah. <laughs> it would. I would get nowhere. You would probably be like living in a park or something somewhere. Uh, <laughs> those fine motor skills with the pen just yeah. never came together for me. Oh, you guys ever watch Jeopardy? Oh, sure. Seems yeah, the smarter absolutely. you are, the less legible your writing is. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Thank God that Kin guy only had three letters. Yeah. <laughs> oh like boy. Crazy. Um. So there's a lot of talk about. I mean, it's been a while since I've been on the show here, huh? A couple weeks. No, you. Like you ducked out the weekend after Thanksgiving, I think. Oh, haven't Maybe seen you had, since. Like one yeah. show. Yeah, where have I been? I don't know. 
Yeah, but you really only did one show without me, right? No, I did like three. Oh, you want to know the total three. irony of that, by the way? Hmm. There's a, uh, my wife's family lived down, well, all of our family was down south, but we went down south to go visit family. And the idea was that there's a, um, an event on Friday night and then a more significant event on Sunday. But I thought, you know, it'd be really nice this year to go to both. So that's, I called in a sub and took off down there and I got down there and then, um, got like a weird fever and was too sick to even go and ended up driving back home anyway. Oh, that sucked. I totally rather would have stayed here and done the radio. Yeah. I was way uncool. A lot of sickness going around. Right I now. would have rather stayed here in the, the weekend after uh, Christmas because I had that cold. Oh, like, oh my I got sick twice over the holidays. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hmm. I, don't know, I didn't even think that was possible. <laughs> Lucky you. Twice, yeah. yeah. I just did it right after Thanksgiving, right after Christmas. Yeah, right, I think right. that's what mine was. Yeah. And they kind of lingered. Maybe it's because you and, and I were both in the studio and Jason So what happens off. when they put sick people in an 8x8 eight eight room? <laughs> Oh, hey, there was somebody with the stomach flu hanging around our office this week. So I was like, I'm kind of. Yeah, I'm out of here. You need to go work yeah. from home and the rest of us need some hand sanitizer and, you know, bigger offices. Is that offices. why you guys got the new mic socks over there? Um, this is just. Well, have you smelled one of these things? I mean, it's yeah, been I'm about eight years I've heard old, about you know, I've mic sock complaints. Ones. And so I finally thought I'd put an end to it. Yeah. It's done now. It just, we don't have to hear about complaints people about people probably wondering what we're anymore. talking about. There's a little foam thing that covers the microphone, I suppose, so it's less breathy and yeah, less it's less breathy. And if you pop your P's, it's supposed to like or slur your S's. It's supposed to help with that. Yeah, yeah. don't get your saliva all over the so expensive these, microphone. But the yeah. thing about radio is that you have to get right up on these things. They're like touching your mouth while you're talking. It's yeah, it's something like, to get used to, but once you've done it for a while, it's yeah. normal. But so these are these things are years and years and years of people of every mm -hmm. walk of life and in here talking about, you know, disease help and mm -hmm. stuff have been using these same things. So we finally have yeah. our own. Yeah, they're expensive microphones. They're like a couple of thousand dollars each. But you still have to pretty much put them in your mouth. You do, and yeah, it's gross. So, so yeah. and they smell bad. Mm -hmm. That one smells bad. This new one smells really new. Really brand new. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So anyway, I'm, I'm planning on bringing this every so week. I'm gonna have to go online now and order myself one. You should have one. You should get. Oh, how about a custom one? You could say like Jim on it, and then you'll it you'll is. always know which bacteria laden Mike sock belongs to you. <laughs> there it is. Hey, at least it's my own bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, no matter how eloquent a speaker you are, there's some saliva that comes yeah. out of your mouth and stuff. I mean, it's just, bleh. glad to have a clean new one. It can be kind of gross. Aren't you, Dan? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's move on. Let's start yeah. talking about mortgages and stuff like that. Talk about China? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> no. It's probably worthwhile to reintroduce the show. I bet there's so many people whose oh. New Year's resolution was, you know what, I'm going to become more educated <laughs> about finance and real estate this year. That's your, my that's If my your resolution. resolution was to listen to talk radio on Saturday, <laughs> you've probably found yourself now, after the car show, wondering what these 
two goons. Well, most recently, three, three goons <laughs> are talking about this morning. Yeah, this is, if you couldn't tell yet, it's a real estate mortgage. Finance, finance and then loosely economic show. I don't. I don't want anybody accusing any of us of being ec- economists in any way. I almost just said uh, the word wrong. We try to mix <laughs> a little humor into it. And other yeah, sure. Yeah. Try to make light make a dry and, topic fun. Yeah, and put yeah. everything into layman terms. You know. Yeah. So we've been doing this show for darn near eight years. I think in April will be the eight year anniversary. Yeah. Um, it's been a good long run, and uh, we've seen a almost, lot of positive feedback from it. I almost feel like you're announcing the end right now. No, no, no. We've been all. doing it for eight years, Remember, and it's been we, great. We signed that lifetime deal <laughs> right. a, a year or so ago. Oh, so I always people always say, anywhere? "How how is that working six days a week?" And I'm like, um, "Well, if I could stop, I would." Yeah, you know, it'd be, it, working on Saturday is kind of lame, but. The show has been um, great for us. It creates a lot of uh, open doors and opportunities, a lot of great relationships. It's led to, you know, and a fair amount of business. I'm not even ashamed to say that. It's a, I mean, our business is a for-profit business, but the goal here Mm -hmm. is that, you know, this is a way for us to advertise a little bit while providing a service and not just being an ad in the newspaper, you know, the local lender or something. We're trying to give a little... A little piece of our resume, a little slice of our personalities every week and build credibility with people. And we get a lot of good feedback. There is an awful lot of people that view it as a great local resource. Um, I've I've heard of other lenders in town that encourage their loan officers to listen to our show so that they, uh, which is great. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And lots of real estate agents like to listen, kept abreast of changes in loan programs and, you know, movement in the market, things like that. What's going on with interest rates and general trends and, and, and the like. And of course we benefit, I think the most from it because it, it really, really makes us pay close attention at all times. I mean, you can't, you can't do a two hour show every week and prepare all that content and not have a pretty good idea of, of all of the forces affecting you and what's going into it. One yeah. thing we should mention too is um, if you can't listen over the air, you can listen online at 920kvec.com. Also, if you happen to miss the show, I record the show every week and then I send it to your it's on IT our website and it's on your website. It's so on you our guys website, have on our SoundCloud past page. shows. Yeah. yeah. So you can go back and listen to a portion of the show or the whole show or whatever you want yeah. to do. I think the next evolution of Mortgage Matters is GoPros in the corners. There you are. And we'll um we'll start we I mean, why not turn this into a video <laughs> blog or you know, some there kind is. of maybe just a television show. Yeah. We, have, <laughs> we all have faces made for radio, I think. But anyway. I mean <laughs> We've implemented a dress code at work a few years ago because sure is not followed here on Saturday. No. Wearing flip flops and ball caps into the office. I mean, that's our, our. We like we we like to be. I. It's this fine line, right? You want to. We want to get away from the posturing and that sort of. You know, we're the stuffy suit and tie banker, and and actually the contrary is that we're the ones that are while not sacrificing any of the expertise are a bit more relatable and real and, you know, willing to engage people at, at their level. And so, especially in the beginning when we didn't have any clients, it didn't really matter what your office attire was. But then of course, once our, our business grew and 
got bigger and more successful, it just became time to enforce a dress code. Um, so I will firmly resist your GoPro filming idea because I know then you'll be like, <laughs> you shouldn't be wearing a ball cap and flip flops. And this is like the one day a week now I can. And I am, by the Fair way, enough. even though it's cold and 20% chance of rain today or whatever it is, I am in shorts and flip flops. There it is. Guess you can do that here in California. Yeah. In North Dakota, maybe not. <laughs> you said North Dakota like you're from North Dakota. <laughs> North Dakota. Don't you know? <laughs> Don't you know? Funny, Favorite funny. movie, Fargo still. Uh, I got to admit, I don't feel like I'm as completely up to date on everything that's going on in China. Um, and yeah, you gave me that look like, oh crap, don't take us there. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the flyby of what I, my little understanding of it is. Is this why the stock market has been free falling? Yeah, in part. I mean, so in China, so communist China, right? They're just having some struggles over regulation and some conflict, some conflict, I think, just basically they want to liberalize markets and access capital, do market influencing things. But at the same time, they want to control the direction of prices. So it's like a, this weird yank and push and pull against like, you know, some mix of communist ideology with some capitalist market type of things and you know in the in the chinese stock market too i'm pretty sure it's still this way but historically it's been that uh foreign investors aren't permitted so kind of a strange little market they've been implementing um what they call circuit breakers recently right and this is that if the a single stock or the market goes up or down by 10 percent in a day the the circuit breakers are triggered and it stops that ideas to keep something really really radical from happening in a trading session and so they've they're ex um the circuit breakers have been triggering there's wide panic sell-offs been crazy i know the market there was a little bit better yesterday on friday um but pretty wild and so it used to be that um you didn't have to worry too much about what was happening in that economy because we weren't we weren't really necessarily investors in it but i think we learned this week that um it matters the global economy now is something that's getting more and more focused there the the relationship to the dollar as well and with the feds having just increased rates um, it, it's causing a little bit more strife in the, you know, as far as the, the dollar relationship goes. Um, and our Dow had, uh, just one of the worst opening weeks ever. It's the worst five day start to a year on record. Yeah. And what's that saying? Remember it was something about in May go away. Oh. <laughs> Isn't this where you're supposed to be making all your money if you believe that? Yeah, that, those stock market rules. Yeah, are you? I'm some pop up ad. Yeah, Sweet. something's popping up. But yeah, the Dow <clears throat> so far to start the year has fallen, or just this last week has fallen o over a thousand points. Yeah, that's crazy. It's volatile, and would you have expected that in the first month after the Feds 
begin normalizing interest rates? No, no. You wouldn't. You would think. I thought this was going to be a positive sign for the stock market. Yeah. In that there's this return to normalcy, and I th and that's kind of what well, means that what you're I like you're you have good footing on firm ground, right? I mean yeah. that was that was what we thought was going to happen. And interestingly enough, I mean, so yeah, it, our our equity markets and you know, I've struggled a little bit now and we'll see what happens. I mean, the year is young. I'm not ready to hit the panic button either, but interestingly enough, interest rates. Um, oh, I want to find this quote real quick. You're going to like this. The dude from uh, that's running Freddie Mac. Mm -hmm. He said that um, Despite some declarations that the Fed's FOMC recent decision to raise federal funds rate was a disaster, the decision is having limited impact on mortgage rates. I thought, yeah, yesterday, the 10-year bond yield, which has been, I mean, I would say for the recent history here, it's been around two and a quarter, um, was at 2.12. So that's a that's a good reduction. I that's mean, I, probably the low end of the range for, for the a last while. six months or so, which puts downward pressure on mortgage interest rates. Yeah, since the since the Fed announcement in mid December, we've actually seen rates slowly decline, just yeah. ever so slightly, an eighth to a quarter of a point. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, and you you know because the all the speculation, I think. Like we were saying, I mean, in, in the months leading up to this is that the speculation caused some really conservative places in the market, conservative positions where they built in a safety net of when that when that first rate change happened, what would happen. And the bottom line, I think, is that the sky didn't fall. Everybody said, oh, OK, we'll see we're going to see what happens here. And now we see the, the bond yield coming down, mortgage rates actually coming down a little bit, um, just a little bit of normalcy. And I think part of it, too, is um, also related to retail sales. Um, and it's, it's hard to just say retail sales, but some of these stories that are coming out right now, I mean, you saw this week dominating the headlines was like Macy's. We're thinking Macy's is the they're being described as the canary in the coal mine as far as what's to come this year. Um, thinking their their dismal sales for this holiday season will lead to um, you know perhaps layoffs and store closures and suggesting that warm weather now being scapegoated this warm winter is preventing people from buying winter garments can we see no macy's thanksgiving day parade next year <laughs> i doubt it and yeah so people aren't yeah. buying warm winter garments and uh what also did we say oh the strong dollar is limiting tourism so we're not having um, people from abroad come and want to go shopping at our big department stores like Macy's. And part of me was like, is there even, is Macy's even real? Why are we talking about this? Um, the, one of the biggest losers this week in the market, um, guess who won the, uh, the biggest loser yesterday of the Dow or I'm sorry, S and P 500. I don't know. Gap. Hmm. Yeah, Gap, mm -hmm. the major clothing retailer, had a 14% um, percent drop in their value yesterday. Um, significantly lower rev revenue over the holiday season. Um, and 
Oh, just kind of looking a little bit rough. And then interest American Eagle Outfitters, too, which, I mean, these are two stores I never really go in anyway, but I, I do recognize their value in tracking the trend of their sales. Um, but both slumped and are disappointing indicators of sort of retail trends to expect right now. But at the same time, Amazon had a pretty sweet, uh, holiday season this year. So I kind of wonder how much right. of this is just a little bit of a shift, you know, kind of the way we've seen all the bookstores go to the wayside. Yeah. Is it a shift in the way people shop or is it a shift in spending habits altogether? I would say that there's, there's a shift in how people shop. I, I, it Amazon, seems to be. I mean, Prime makes things so easy. You get stuff in two days. You don't even have to leave you your house. You used to. Have you been getting anything on Amazon anymore? Yeah. So, and I, I mean, I'm dangerously about to make a claim I should look up, but, uh, can you tell what kind well, of, well, like, certain things are prime eligible and certain things, are but right. I heard that USPS is taking over the contract for Amazon deliveries. Wow. And that was one of the main things that caused a lot of the, like kind of delays and stuff. So I have to, hmm. I have to look and make sure that this is exactly true, but I, I'd, I'd kind of read that on a, on a blog that that was changing a little bit. Anyway, none of our two day orders have happened on time. Like it actually, um, had yeah. some n real negative impact on, uh, our Christmases here. Cause I chose to buy a couple of things I couldn't get locally off of Amazon and they were late. Hmm. Well, can you tell, like, by, like, J.C. Penney's? I, I just got this jacket for $45, the one I brought here, this range yep. jacket. For $45, it's normally... It was originally normally 200 bucks. 120 125 Yeah. And so I'm wondering, can you kind of tell how they're doing by how deep their sales are right now? I don't know. Mm. It's A lot hard of that to feels say. like smoke and mirrors. To yeah, me. I would guess that the cost, you know, sadly in the Chinese factory that produces that jacket, the cost of that jacket is probably like seven bucks, and so yeah. then they want to say compel you to buy it by saying it's mm. it's discounted seventy five percent. That's always been the game of yeah. those, you know, J C Penney and some of those bigger, you know, retailers. Um, it's like buying. I don't know. You guys remember like Mervins. Yeah, yeah it's a blast moments. from the yeah. past. Yeah. They always had diamonds for like 80% off. Yeah. <laughs> it was well, like, if you true. went and looked at it, it was like, the, yeah, that's the price of that low-grade diamond. You, you didn't need to play the uh, the game the of making game. me think I'm getting a deal. <clears throat> but I get, you know. So the big concern here when you hear about retailers' <clears throat> stocks falling and sales being dismal is that... 70% of our economy is based on consumers spending yeah. money, so that's scary. But at the same time, I saw some news about 2015 being the best year on record for car sales. Sure. So Well, and I think part of that was that for years and years there, through that, like almost 10 year recession people, people put off car buying cars yeah. and we had i mean remember it wasn't too long ago we had like government subsidies to help encourage you to go buy a car yeah. to help the auto manufacturers cash and, for clunkers and in the last couple of years too yeah. i mean i was driving on the freeway last night and i was thinking 
I'm a little bit out of touch with what the cop cars look like because if for so many years it was like the Crown Vic, right? I mean, you could spot yeah. those headlights from a mile away in the dark. Today they're sneaking around in uh, like Jeep Cherokees, yeah. SUVs yeah. with like yeah. bright lights that don't look the same. And um, I mean, it made me think hey look at that law enforcement's like stepped up their game not only with all new vehicles most everywhere you look i mean you don't see too many of those crown vicks even on the road anywhere anymore be it highway patrol sheriff or local pd i don't need well yeah and what was it the taurus or whatever but you know what i mean Mm -hmm. is right now it seems like everybody's in some kind of ford escape or whatever it seems like we just recently Mm -hmm. retooled most of the public, you know, agencies well, with new cars. I think partly, and it correct me if I'm wrong, if there's a law enforcement officer, please call. But maybe because um, of the size of the cars, I mean, they're getting a lot smaller. So maybe because the SUVs are bigger, and some you be no, able to put but Moro Bay and all that stuff. Moro Bay like went in on like a bunch chargers. of Chargers, yeah. and those yeah. are pretty big cars. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. kind of interesting thing. But yeah, I think so. That was part of it is yeah. that the agencies as well as the private sector just didn't have the money to buy these cars six years ago. So I see some of that pent up demand coming out in 2015. Um, and interestingly enough, those car loans have been like zero percent interest for so long, right? I mean, and in, in now we'll probably start to see car loan financing moving a little bit that's something that tracks the federal rate a little bit um more uh so yeah but but a point well taken these retail sales numbers are about um our gdp that's what it comes down to and gdp for the first quarter of the last few years has been pretty bad um we're kicking off this first quarter with um a rate hike and now some shaky news total turmoil in china um uh, the worst opening week of the Dow in its history. And um, we're just kind of going, all right, what does 2016 hold? It definitely, there's it's fertile ground for the naysayers that want to come out and say that it's all bad. At the same time, I find plenty of people saying, you're looking at it wrong. There's enough bright spots in other places, one of which is this jobs report that we got for the month of December. And I'm glad you brought up the last two years because... The last two years, we have seen negative or flat GDP growth in quarter one. And it's always... Just making it up at the end, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, we we see it jump up to 2% and then up to the mid threes towards the end of the year. So It was too cold. Now it's too warm. Right. Yeah. I don't buy the excuses. My porridge is just right. (laughs) Hey, it's 931. So we're going to go ahead and do the first commercial break here to... To take some time and thank the sponsors. These are the guys that actually still pay the bill here for the radio show. Um, so we do hope that you'll lend them an ear, consider them if you've got some business to do. And we'll be back in a couple minutes with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending. I see you at our kids' Little League games, I bump into you at the grocery store, and it's always fun when we pass each other at Farmer's Market. I'm not a national bank or a faceless website. I'm a local lender, accountable, competitive, and ready to help. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Central Coast Lending. 
Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018-39608. NMLS number 328-358. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, in Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Prince, Purple Rain. I thought it was Prince. Purple Rain, come on. You know, it's supposed to rain. Yeah. By the way, we had a caller during the break saying that the reason that the uh, Crown Vic isn't used by police agencies anymore is because they quit making them. Oh, I'm sure of that. Car, so. yeah. They've all, but there's always been a car shaped <clears throat> similar. Purple Rain. See? Purple okay. Rain. There we are. What is yeah. that? Purple Rain, Prince. Dude, there, uh, there was a whole movie on... called Purple Rain. Yeah. I, oh, I'm Prince going... was that guy that wear, uh, wore the pants with no booty in it on that one show and then changed his name to the symbol. Yeah, and he always yeah. had weird things carved then, into his beard. Yeah, and then, then we I, had to call him on the air. He's an the artist. artist. I don't okay, know that artist. I should be ashamed to say this, but that was not something my parents listened to, and I'd never had that. Mm. Well, I'm not familiar with those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We had to call him on the radio. We had to call him the artist formerly known as Prince. Oh, yeah. I remember when that was... Because he didn't have a name. He had a symbol. <laughs> no. That's yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Well, that's what we were told. That's so weird. Yeah. Like that uh, rapper guy, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, Sean, the bad boy. Like, how many different names Sean can P. one Diddy guy Combs. have? And he just keeps yeah. making name after name. Mm-mm. Weird. Yeah, weird. Stop that. Just have a name. Have a, we'll have a real name and a stage name if you need one. But you don't keep redoing your stage name, too. That's weird. Speaking of names, we ran into a scenario with a loan this week where a woman just completed a divorce. 
Oh, yeah. Mid-transaction. So she started with a loan application with her married name. Yeah. Um, buying a property because she's in the middle of a divorce. So she's buying her own home. Um, and mid-transaction, the divorce was finalized. And the court document said that she was now back to her... Restored to her maiden restored name. Restored to her maiden name. But what we found out is that that's not the deciding factor in how you get to sign and hold how the documents have to be drawn because the notary the person who's validating your signature (laughs) has to have a valid picture id with your name on it exactly and so unless you have the updated id they can't validate that you're this person by the other name right so that's what dictates the name that we have to put on your loan documents in a transaction yeah that that's one of those things where when you're working with someone early in the transaction, especially, there, I mean, there's a, a spot on the loan application that asks what your current marital status is. And this is, this is one of the reasons that question is asked. Um, but just trying to make sure that you're not in flux on something. And yeah, that if there was a, a little list of things you should not do during the loan process, that would be one of them. Um, change your name. You should not change your name from what shows on your picture ID as it creates a problem for the notary. Uh, ah, good point. Um, oh, boy. What to talk about? There's so much to talk about. I guess we teased the the job report a little bit. Um, yesterday, we got read of the December... 2015 that old last year december uh the the jobs report for what's going on with jobs in the country and man a goalie washer we had uh expectations of i mean what we had we're thinking 200,000 jobs was what was to come and boy did it turn out to be quite a bit more than that about 292,000 jobs and um, the unemployment rate holds steady so nothing too terribly surprising this year Um, but that December report kind of is the the icing on the cake of what was just a pretty good jobs year in terms of the numbers and jobs Um, the nation added in total for 2015 2.65 million jobs, um, which was a two-year back-to-back gain. Um, looking pretty great, and it's not hard to find quotes of people saying, you know, that this this sh- should paint the perfect picture uh, for you or be the convincing evidence you need to know that the United States is awfully strong. Uh, creating those jobs, getting those people back to work. Remember the just a few short years ago, the free fall of 750,000 jobs lost a month. Um, this is pretty great. We added 292,000 jobs in December, um, and that was just also October and November were revised up by 50,000 jobs, uh, making the last three-month average 284,000 jobs. That's, those are great numbers. Uh, if there's a fly in the ointment, it's wage growth, average hourly earnings. Went down. Yep. 
Yeah, that's that's where we need to see the growth. I, I th- there were some other interesting statistics here. Um, you know, a lot of people. What's reported generally is called the U three unemployment. There's several different categories of the unemployment rate depending on what how we want to count people. <clears throat> the U six, excuse me, <clears throat> the U six unemployment rate, which is the broadest um, unemployment metric remained unchanged at 9.9%. So those that's including people who are underemployed, people who are working below their um, education or experience level, people who are working part-time but want to be working full-time, things like that. And to look specifically at those involuntary part-time workers, people who work part-time hours but w- would prefer to be full-time, uh, that segment has fallen 22% over the past two years. There are still 6 million people who are working part-time, who want to be working full-time. But to give you an idea of what it's like in a, in a better economic time, in 2007, prior to the recession, there were 4.6 million people in that category. So we're about a million and a half off from what it was prior to the recession. So definitely making progress, not quite fully healed. I guess, I guess my... My emotional sentiment of this will be forever skewed by the fact that I'm in the real estate finance industry today and was then and um, seemed to me that people made a lot more money then, at least especially those that were immediately surrounded by. Uh, And also it makes me think that if that's the high water mark, was it artificially high? You know, how, how are you measuring where, where the high water mark is? You took it on something where yes. I mean, we know in retrospect that uh, everything was overinflated, everything. Right. Sure. And uh, that led way to a most radical crash. So if if the goal is to get back to wage levels or full time job employment or all of those different metrics, it's hard to, Is 2007 for that the to be the right benchmark. measure. Yeah. But when you do go back and look at where wages have been now for a decade, almost two decades, two decades, <laughs> it's stagnant. It's problematic. Uh, and I do remember in 2014 cheerleading that 2015 would be the year where we would add a lot of jobs because that that's the leading indicator, right? You got to get everybody back to work and create the competition again where now employers have to fight to retain quality employees and pay them more. Um, part of that comes with the inflation though, right? Goods and services need to be worth more as the competition grows so that we can pay more. We're in this constant struggle of wanting things faster cheaper, better. Uh, and, and at the same time we want, we, and I think everybody says so was we want people to be making more money. Um, and of course, other than some minimum wage setting and those kinds of things, there's not a lot of direct control over that. But what we're seeing now is that for almost two decades, two decades, this flat wage growth seems to be, really the big problem with the labor market. I remember our 2014 year-end show, we made a prediction. My prediction was that 2015 would be the year of meaningful wage growth. What happened in 2015? Wages were up 2.5%. Is that meaningful? Doesn't seem meaningful to me either. 
So at our 2015 year-end show, I made more of a hopeful, hopeful, optimistic prediction that 2016 would be the year of meaningful wage growth. You know what? Don't be too hard on yourself. Two and a half percent wage growth. and It's better than inflation. It's better than inflation. <clears throat> and if you had that consistently year after year if wage growth without was outpacing inflation that would probably actually be healthy sure the in, fact is is that we've seen 20 years of flat wage growth and with i'm just inflation and i just up. want to throw out some common sense which i know there's no place for common sense in this market <laughs> uh, but if real estate is healthy at an appreciation rate of three to five percent a year just i mean i'm just a simple dude just a state school kid Wages should be keeping up with housing, right? I mean, otherwise, aren't you tipping in the wrong direction at all times? If if the healthy range of house appreciation is greater than wage growth, that's problematic. So what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do, Dan? Well, I think the closer we get to... Everyone who wants to be full-time employed being full-time employed, yeah. that's going to put the upward pressure on wages because then employers are going to compete for the people who are already working full-time to get the better people at their company. And I've already read some articles, too, about this, you know, the, the Chinese economy having the trouble that it's having might be paving the way for some of the manufacturing and services that China has been exporting to the U.S. to come back onto U.S. soil. I mean, I don't know. Is is that what to look forward to this year? It's hard to say you want your your own gain to be at the expense of somebody else, right? I mean, I don't think anybody says that, that that's the ideal way to do it. Um, but hey, it's a fresh year. The Dow was rough this week. Uh, but 2015 did give us uh, a great year of adding jobs. And I, I'm not going to claim that they were the best jobs and the head of household jobs and the high wage jobs. But getting people back to work is still we got to agree that logically that's the first step. Fill the vacancies. Get the people into work. Now, let's let's hope that this is the year where uh, the employee's worth is... Uh, not exploited with low wages, but celebrated with those golden handcuffs of higher wages, those um, people trying to, to woo you away with higher salaries. So rather, you know, rather than train and hire new people that you pay to retain people, I feel like that's the next logical step. And I really do hope that it's this year. Um, and growing up the, the son of a builder, I, I know what it means when construction is strong and going well. Uh, that is really, I think, a good indication that there's been a lot of advancement. If we had one way to look at what the difference between 2014 and 2015 was in terms of building homes again, uh, what a turnaround. And I, and I hope that 2016, that we, that we go the same way. Um, Man, final commercial break of the first hour of Mortgage Matters. So we we nearly breathed through one hour. And uh, I mean, I'm having fun. Are you having fun? So much fun. So much more I'm to talk a great about, time too. Actually. There's, there really is a lot more. I'm not just teasing. All right, let's do this break. Get back and wrap up this first hour. Stick with us for more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. 
Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending. Give yourself the best possible chance to buy your dream home with our 21-day close. We get you fully pre-approved before you find your house so you can write a shorter, easier offer and beat out the competition. It's time for you to be the offer that gets accepted. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018-39608. NMLS number 328358. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people. Agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. I guess it's the rain theme today. Why not? Hey, yeah. we got some good rain this week. Thank you. Wasn't that nice? We're I was up in, I spent a little bit of time up in Lake Tahoe over the holidays and yeah. saw some nice, fresh snowfall. Got to go oh, yeah. go snowboard on some fresh powder. Yeah. All the locals are saying it's the best winter on the mountain in the last four or five years. I got yeah, friends they... and family posting pictures down in the, the old hometown of Big Bear. And man, that I'm telling you, for yeah. any El Nino naysayer, mm-hmm. that place is a pretty good example. When El Nino is the real deal, mm-hmm. Big Bear gets snow like they don't get in the normal non El Nino year. You know, so I, I, I've heard that. It's pretty awesome. I haven't heard the latest prediction, but I was in the Valley of Fresno over the weekend, and they were supposed to have possibly snow in Fresno this weekend. Wow. Cool. In the down, in yeah, the, I in actually the heard that yeah. there's a little bit of a cold belt coming through with this yeah. next storm, and yeah. boy, in Southern California, the 
snow-capped hills everywhere. Um, interesting thing. I mean, I've seen, uh-huh. like, in Temecula, you're, you're looking out and seeing yeah. white. I mean, like, you're looking at some sort of Alaskan mountain ridge or something. It's wild how white everything is. And, mm-hmm. I mean, bring it on. I, I think... Um, it's great. It's great to have extreme too, though. Did you guys see mm-hmm. the stuff in the paper about that? Uh, there was a home, uh, it, and it was a manufactured home in Paso Robles that was flipped over. Yeah, wow. because there's tornado warnings. There was a funnel cloud over the water in Morro Bay that tore up the yacht club. And yeah, and <laughs> there's <laughs> boats like strewn about on Did top about, of docks. Yeah, and stuff? ten thousand dollars worth of damage. There wow, was, I didn't see that. Part. After that morning, there were city vehicles driving all around town carrying branches in the back of their trucks or doing wow. like road cleanup yeah. all over the town. Wow. It's it's kind of crazy. I mean, I I always you got to laugh a little bit when you, you can't complain about extreme storms very much in California. Mm. It reminds me of that um you know, the, that picture on the internet that shows like the white plastic chair overturned in the yard and it's like California storm. We will rebuild. You know? <laughs> yeah. <As> we're <laughs> we we're quick to oh it's torrential downpours and mm-hmm. and it's like yeah those gutters are looking half full yeah you know it's never quite <laughs> two inches in a week yeah huh? <laughs> right right yeah where yeah. you know go look at some of the footage of the stuff going down in texas where they're getting like overnight feet of rain yeah, that, that has yeah. nowhere to go isn't that silly crazy crazy we got to figure out a way to build a pipeline from texas texas to california that carries the water so i was reading though this week that um you know engineers are starting to look at the la river i i'm i'm a socal guy so this stuff is makes sense to me i'm sure they have these kinds of things like up in sacramento and stuff where you're from but you know what i'm talking about the la river that big concrete I mean, it's got uh, 40 or 50 feet sides and a, and a f- almost flat floor. They have like a, there's a river channel that runs through it in concrete. And then there's a sort of a tabletop concrete part that most of the time is totally visible. And when there's a good downpour, everything dumps into it and it rises, I mean, 30 feet and the thing rips and morons try to swim in it. It looks really gross, but it, it just pumps this water out to the ocean. And now there's a new idea. I mean, this is shocking here. Yeah. Um, that maybe what you don't want to do is channel it right away. Put fresh water right into the ocean. Out into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, there should not a good be, idea. Um, yeah. Some sort of catchment or retention basins that allow it to at least yeah. charge yeah. groundwater. So exactly, um, maybe take some of the I read, concrete. I, out I, of I was the reading this Weird. stuff and I'm like, mm-hmm. duh. But yeah. then right out of the gate, it's like, well, how are we going to pay for that? How who's gonna pay for that? I feel like that? it pays for itself. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. but rerouting that stuff and digging up that concrete and creating those retention basins and sounds mean, like job creation. Sounds like an awful lot of job, <laughs> but it's got to come at some form of tax. That's weird. In Northern California, we have these things called rivers. They're natural rivers. Yeah, natural. Yeah, they're like made of earth and rock and stuff yeah you can actually it's really neat you, 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 there's one that there's actually kind of there honestly <laughs> yeah. though i mean i know you say yeah. that kind of tongue-in-cheek but that stuff in southern california it got turned into like the concrete jungle where a lot of there aren't a lot of places like even in slow here this is wild there's a there's a the creek, creek yeah. going Under, through town it, it's actually you under know, some buildings actually 
And it's, it's not even like made of concrete. It's like 100 feet from our station. Yeah. Just oh, no, that's beyond. the sewer. Don't swim yeah, in that that's, one. That no, smell out no, there is the sewer. There. It's over there. <laughs> Don't swim in that one. <laughs> Actually, it runs behind us here. It's kind of a creek, and in the summertime, you can go down there and wait in it. It's kind of cool. Yeah? Yeah. Be careful. Amazing. <laughs> Are you up to date on your vaccines, Joe? Well, I am up to date on those, yeah. You're yeah. waiting in the creek awfully close to the sewage yeah. plant. I know. Uh, in all seriousness, though, I've, I've been on the tour of that sewage plant more than once, and I saw the guy that leads the tour take a cup and hold it under the yeah. discharge that goes into the creek and drink, the water. And drink it. That he's uh, that confident. I'm just not that ready to do that yet. Dan kind of looks like maybe he's not either. No, <laughs> no, it's freaky. Yeah. Could you see? I mean, why? I don't know. I'm like, you know what, dude? You're probably like you. He obviously knows it better than any of us. How clean it is, how efficient the plan is, all that kind of thing. You got it. Don't test it. That's yeah. like. I mean, or maybe yeah, do test it, but. Not drinking it yourself yeah. in front of a bunch of people. And there was people gagging. <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. Hmm. So, yeah, that you're okay, actually, to wade in it. I don't mean to suggest yeah. that it's not clean, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Ew. Uh, last week, we also got the Fed minutes, and... Uh, maybe even a little bit of a snoozer here, but interestingly enough, though, um, people were wanting to say that it was a, we were just going to read about how unanimous the decision was and how just strong the, the decision to raise rates was. And actually what we learned from the minutes is that there was some, um, pretty valid concern expressed by members about the future of the economy, um, worried about actual inflation, and and this is kind of unprecedented, right? To go pushing. Usually, you start pushing rates up um, to curb inflation. So here now we're pushing these rates up while we're hoping still to create real inflation. Inflation. So it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up. But but these minutes, uh, you know, and this is of course from the December fifteen sixteen meeting. So. The meeting, it's almost a month ago, but it's just a little kind of look under the hood at the conversations that were happening in there. Um, and then uh, it was interesting to read that some people said it was actually even a close call as to whether or not they should have raised rates. So what we deemed was like impossible that they wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, they were still, sounds like they were lamenting in there whether or not it was the right thing to do. And and I'll say now, I feel like it was. I mean, we'll see. But it didn't create any immediate terrible damage to us that we can measure yet. Interest rates are a little bit better. Um, economy seems to be chipping away here. So we'll, nothing but time will tell, I guess. Um we're going to have a whole nother hour of this fine show uh, in which we'd love to have you guys call and ask your questions, share your comments. So we're going to take a five-minute break for the top of the hour. When we get back, hope you'll be with us for the second hour. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. 
Is this a rainy song? Yeah, it never rains in Southern California. So I guess it's a non-rain song. Is this the Beatles? No. <laughs> that would be called Rain. And I don't have that, unfortunately. No, this is Albert Hammond. I know, I was just kidding. Yeah, no. <laughs> I saw an article last month that the Beatles were releasing their catalog now to be put onto uh, music streaming services, though. Awesome. So maybe you will finally get to be able to use some of the Beatles stuff in your Well, deal. I have the Beatles. I just don't have rain. Oh. Maybe I need to order it, actually. I can do that. Hmm. But, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to look here and see. Oh. Weird. All right. The floor is yours, Dan. I yield to All right. you. Good deal. I told you this stuff's difficult for me. I was going to shift gears a little bit. We've been talking a lot about the economy, spending, jobs. Going to shift more into the real estate sector of the economy. Oh, good. I got some of that. Cool. We've got the FHFA Home Price Index. The Federal Home Finance Authority. Yeah, this says agency. <laughs> Federal Housing Finance Agency. It's housing too, okay. This is one of several home price indices. What makes this one a little bit different from the popular Case and Schiller home price index is that the FHFA number goes off of appraisal data while the Case and Schiller index goes off of purchase data. So FHFA includes refinance appraisal data as well as purchase appraisal data. Yeah, and Case Schiller, I mean, some pretty stupid significant uh, amount of transactions are still all cash. Right. So some of that data is going to make it into Case and Schiller that will never make it into FHFA numbers. True. But FHFA is keeping track of refi appraisal numbers, which anything using only purchase data is not going to have. So the FHFA figure was up 0.5% in October. So again, we got a lag here with data. Um, but it's the 23rd consecutive month in which values have climbed nationwide. The year-over-year -year increase as of October was 6.1%, so still above normal home appreciation. Found that to be pretty interesting. I think here locally, the most recent data suggested we were roughly 9%. Um, appreciation. So we're still outperforming the country as a whole, but um, this says that, that nationally we're still seeing above average appreciation. Like you alluded to earlier, 3 to 5% is what's considered normal. We're here at 6.1%. Uh-oh. Over normal. Yeah. That's a bubble. But it's declining. <laughs> Oh, good. Okay. So it's normalizing. It's normalizing. Did you see the uh, <clears throat> recent recent articles now surfacing about Zillow and their Zestimates causing some real problems? I saw something, but I didn't Yeah, read too much into it. What was that about? Oh, uh, I guess CBS this morning 
featured something where they uh, you know basically question the accuracy of the website's zestimates of value and um, suddenly people started coming out of the woodwork to say that these false estimates are the bane of their existence <laughs> causing so many problems um, but the problem with Zillow is they've got such a market share in terms of if you want to go online and even somebody like me that knows how wildly inaccurate Zillow can be, it's one of the free tools that you can refer to to try to get an idea of what your uh, home might be worth or, or a home that you're looking at. And they had 73 million unique visitors in December. Uh, but anyway, it, it sounded like in the end, Zillow has like a... 11 percent ish um uh, oh no sorry here nationally zestimates have a median error rate of about eight percent that's pretty high don't you think yeah i i don't know i i guess i i don't know if eight percent error is high what i what i think about that number is that some neighborhoods well, sell me are probably your house like, for an eight percent discount <laughs> I, I bet that some neighborhoods also to you for eight percent more than it says um some neighborhoods are probably dead on because they're tracked housing and there's model matches all over the place that are selling and so it's kind of easy to figure out what the home is worth but yeah. then there's other neighborhoods where it's all custom built homes you're and those exactly are very right difficult so and, i I bet you've got some neighborhoods where there's like a 2% tolerance and others where there's a 20% tolerance or more. In Manhattan, the median valuation error is 19.9%. In Brooklyn, it's 12.9%. In Somerset County, Maryland, the rate is 42% error. Wow. Uh, pretty wild. And so, yeah, I've got a pretty good handle on what real estate values are worth around our county, you know, I would almost venture to say with a, a better margin of error than what Zillow has. And um, I know, I mean, I see it all the time, neighborhoods where in, in Zillow to me always, I think errors on the conservative side, you, you're rarely going to see it overvaluing a property. It generally is undervaluing. And even when you're looking at that, um, that small, ugly duckling of the neighborhood where the the predominant house in the neighborhood is a three bedroom two bath home you know at at 2000 square feet and now somebody says hey help me value this one bed one bath 900 square foot house and you punch that into zillow um, it still seems to really undervalue that it, it has I think high penalties and, and maybe it's just that it intends to be conservative because what's going to be the best way to ward off some kind of legal trouble or even just, you know, accusatory lawsuits in which you have to defend yourself is going to be not that you overvalued thing and inspired people to make poor financial decisions. If anything, you'll err on the side of being conservative so that people, if they're relying on you and even wrongfully so, you're not purposefully leading them into overestimated property. And they don't ever concede that that's part of their model, but I just got to believe that it is because when I look at all the stuff around here, it's always low. Um, and I, I happen to know on my house, depending on who wants to argue it, the zestimate on my house is off 
at least 10% and probably could be argued as high as 25%. Um, and I sort of accept that to be the norm. I would have guessed that for Slow County, the, the Zestimate is, is probably off on average by, you know, 10 to 20%. So if anything, the takeaway here is that the the data is not accurate. <laughs> What's going into the, the Zillow model isn't accurate. Um, and it's not something that should be heavily relied on. And, and I think this is a good time too, by the way, to just point out, if you have question about what your property's worth, um, there's a few things you can do to try to get an idea of that. Uh, first of all, I think just contacting, if, if you enjoyed the service uh, of the real estate agent that helped you buy your home, no matter how long ago, if that person's still in the business and you could reach out to that person and ask them to do um, a CMA, which is the comparative market analysis. This is a report that the realtors, most of them can run pretty well. And it's just going to show the listings and the solds and sort of break down price per square foot. And no, it's not perfectly a science down to the dollar, but it gets you in the ballpark of what price per square foot and bathroom, bedroom count and location, what these things might mean um, and help sort of get you going towards a value range. Um, and most every realtor I know will do that for you gladly. Uh, in fact, be thrilled for the opportunity to do it because it means that there's a relationship still there that ideally will be called upon in the future for real business, but that's a pretty good way to do it. And it's, that's not a hard thing to do. Um, so, and, and people are looking for their value often, right? Yeah. If only for curiosity's sake, that's fine. But sometimes the buyout of an investment partner or in a divorce situation, you know, you might need to begin figuring out what the home is worth. Um, Perhaps you're wondering if you can qualify for a refi or you are considering doing a home equity line of credit or better yet, sometimes a, you know, a comparative market analysis might be used for trying to understand the value of your home if you did that addition that you've always been thinking about. Sometimes adding a bedroom or a bathroom to a home can put it into a whole other category of how it's counted and, and actually have... Um, a really serious positive impact on value. Likewise, sometimes changing square footage, adding bedroom or bathroom, you might be joining a class where you're going to have less price per square foot and be in a spot where financially you shouldn't have done that if it was well-researched. So um, that I think is the better way to do it of the free arenas. You can, of course, always hire an appraiser to go give you their opinion. Yeah. And, and I think just a tip for you, if you're interested in trying to learn what your home is worth, is that when an appraiser comes out to look at your home and value your home, they're going to look at some tolerances on your square footage, on the proximity to your home with other comparable sales. So those, what you're, what you're going to be looking for, and probably what a real estate agent would do with a comparative market analysis, is they're going to look at about a 20% to 30% tolerance of the square footage of your home, up and down. Yep. So those are considered homes that are like yours, within 20 to 30% square footage. And then ideally within about a mile of your home, 
Um, depending on if you live on acreage or something like that, you may need to go outside maybe five miles or 10 miles or whatever. It depends on how unique your property is. But for most homes, it's sales located within a mile within the last 90 to 180 days that have sold within that time period and within a 20 to 30% tolerance of square footage. Yeah. And then from there, that gives you a basic range. And then from there, it's about the amenities. You know, Mm -hmm. do you have... You know, the, the gourmet, and the view gourmet and appliances, a great view. Do you have like the new flooring and, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right about that in terms of the how aged the sale is or the distance of the comps or the variance of square footage. When you exceed those you know, three month, one mile, 20% parameters, you really just got to be able to justify it. You know, how how is it? Because if you need to go five miles or 10 miles to find a comp, because well, nothing close to the subject property was the same size. Oh, are you sure this property isn't an overdevelopment for its neighborhood or an underdevelopment yeah. for its neighborhood? So really that that leads way to um, kind of a, a broader dialogue about whether or not it's justified to go farther. Um, yeah. So interesting little little story there about Zillow. It, it is funny too. I mean, Zillow is just the elephant in the room here is that they've done a pretty good job of getting in front of the greater public um, and real estate agents seem to really dislike Zillow um, and probably for good reason. Oftentimes it's because the, the methods and practices and data are, you know, less than ideal, but at the same time, it's anybody would have to concede that it's just a little bit freaky. And that's why they're always being so scrutinized is that, you know, you got to worry and wonder is does Zillow have the ability or whatever to, to gain market share, somehow take over that profession or start providing, you know, somehow or other, you know, Im- impede upon what might be there. And I mean, we we have some similar things in the lending world, right? I mean, Zillow's talking home loan stuff right now and getting actually more and more uh, into that game. That's nothing new. Earlier, Dan, you were talking about on your drive uh, over the holidays, you saw a lot of stuff about cash call. I Yeah, no matter what radio station I was tuned to, it was I was inundated with cash call mortgage and loan me look-alike second mortgage. The cash call thing's easy to pick on, and I want to know where the regulators are because there are fees in a loan transaction that change your APR, I promise. (laughs) APR has to calculate something as simple as escrow. And even if you give a credit to offset the escrow fee, the credit itself is not an APR fee. So running an ad where the rate and APR match is misleading. It just is. And I can't believe that the regulators can not care about that. Um, I I digress from there that the do-over refi thing I think is hilarious. Um, And I just hope that for... Any of our listeners, if you are going to be doing a loan or have friends or family that are going to be doing a loan, um, give us a crack at it. The advertising budget that Cash Call has, um, I guarantee you 
they're they're not the price leader in the mortgage game. They're on every station, on radio, TV, print. I mean, they're everywhere. It's wild how far reaching their advertising budget is ridiculous right now. Um, I had a interesting article here I was reading. Um, listen to this advertisement here from, uh, oh, because I wanted to say the, the loan me. You're supposed to be scared about loan me. I am. Oh man, look alike mortgage, bro. They don't do can an appraisal. They don't even it's not secured debt. Can you compete? You don't have to go through underwriting scrutiny. I just wonder what the rates are on a loan me look alike second. Here's their advertisement. Uh Loan Me streamlined application process can have funds deposited into customers' bank account as quickly as the same day. Wow. Can you do that, Dan? Well, not in a real estate transaction, no. Minimum amount of time in a real estate transaction would be like seven days, I think. Okay. Loan Me's doing it in one day. Well, they're not doing a real estate transaction. Better step they're step up your a, game. They're doing a personal loan. They're seeking out people um, because, because you don't even need to encumber somebody's home with this great loan. Um, so let's see here. Uh, with interest rates as low as... All those commercials you heard, how much interest rate talk is there on the uh, I don't know that I ever heard a rate on a lookalike. Yeah, me either. Uh, with interest rates as low as 14.9%. See, it's a personal loan with no security, so they're going to charge you a lot for it. Well, and there's got to be like no fees, right? Yeah, right. And origination fees from 7.5%. Holy from cow. I have an address for cash call mortgage, actually. (laughs) But I'm not sure if it's actually the regulators, but it says Orange, California. Well, we actually are approved with the parent company of cash call mortgage. It's Impact Mortgage Corporation. Yeah, we can do one of those. That's one of our investors. Okay. They're not one of the better priced investors that we use. Yeah, but I'm just, I don't know if that's where the regulators are actually, I don't know. Can... Consumers can take advantage of the second mortgage lookalike loans with rates starting as low as 9.9% and APR as low as 11.39% if they qualify. So, oh, what's that? There's some qualification required there. Uh, These potent loan alternatives are expected to complement each other well in the marketplace both loans are available online at loanme.com is it a like, fixed rate or check is it that out um does it say no this particular ad doesn't say so but um yeah that's pretty wild though i mean even even still doing the second mortgage lookalike loan at 10 percent, you can get i mean if you if you have an ability to repay you can get a second mortgage loan today for four, five, six percent from the investors, you know, and, and institutions that offer them. Yeah, when a, when an investor's got security to the loan, then they're willing to give you a more competitive rate. But are you gonna borrow? I mean, if if you're talking about, and this is the weirdest thing about who you're trying to attract. You know, it's like if you're trying to borrow a hundred thousand bucks, I think you should probably be able to qualify. And if you need to borrow $100,000, it should be, let's be willing to um, get security against our property for favorable terms that are a third the cost. 
a third the cost in, in interest and a third the cost in closing. Over time, those things are nuts. So you get, what's the argument, though? Oh, this guy's going to have his loan for four months. Well, if you have the ability to make a $100,000 swing in four months, I mean, unless you're, I don't know, going to have a great run in Vegas or something, what are you doing borrowing it in the first place? Why don't you just wait four months and have your hundred grand that you're going to make in four months? It's just weird stuff to me. It seems like a real strange thing. Um, and so I thought it, it sort of led the way, though, for us to have a conversation real quick about um, doing refi loans. We do refinance loans. I forget to say that sometimes. People sometimes assume that you only help people buy real estate and that when they need a refinance loan, they need to go to some refinance lender. But you don't do a do-over refi that's so easy. You don't do that. There's no such thing as a do-over refi. But what do they say in their commercial? You can do a do-over. I mean, that's well, like most way of easier, the, right? Most it's of like the a paperwork mulligan. you did last time. You just put the ball back on the tee and do it again. You don't even have to go get your old ball. You just put it right back on the tee. <laughs> you put a new ball on the tee. It's a do-over. Most of the paperwork you did last time. Yeah, that's what it says, right? Yeah. Just do all the same paperwork. Do it over. That you did last time, and yeah. we'll do the rest. What's the rest? <laughs> that's a fun. The whole thing's a funny thing. It's hey guys, listen clever, up. Clever, clever marketing. In today's regulatory environment. One must document an ability to repay. The disclosures today are different than the disclosures were in August. Or There's September. nothing <laughs> from your transaction last time that's applicable today. I mean, barring the fact that you already have the PDF scan of your 2014 taxes. Okay. I'll give you that. You're going to have to email it again. Um, but... It's just misleading. It's not like you're just going to call up and go, oh, I'm pushing option four here on the menu for a do-over, and I'll, I'll thank you in advance for just applying that lower rate to my account. No, you're going back through the whole thing. And as always, this is the part about refinancing that I just want everybody to remember. You always, always need to evaluate what the thing's going to cost you, and I don't just mean by way of cash out of pocket, but also by way of equity, if they're going to roll fees in or whatever, what's the cost it's going to, there's a cost to all of these transactions. And then what does it save you? Is that worth it? Is extending your amortization term out for lower payment meet your financial objectives? There's a lot of stuff that needs to be talked about that's not just a gimmick do-over. It's not just a gimmick about how easy it is or um, that, that you could get money same day. There, these are very serious financial transactions need to be evaluated as such. So I, I am offended by these, and I realize we have some lighthearted commercials. You know, we talk a little bit about like the the no GMO loan thing or whatever. Um, just being a little bit cheeky because we we want material to run on the radio that's not just the stuff you hear all the time that's super boring. Uh, but the reality of it is, is if if you come in to see us for loan help, you're not getting some gimmicky name. You're going to get a loan expert that knows how to help you evaluate what the very best thing for you to do is. And, and while we're on that topic, I want to say one more thing about everybody out there that's got an FHA loan. Um, 
Yes, it's true that the FHA mortgage insurance premium was reduced last year. It got reduced by a half a percent really across the board. So the monthly mortgage insurance that you pay could be reduced to less if you do a, an FHA streamline refi. So if you have an FHA loan, you're getting these solicitations that say you don't need an appraisal. You don't need to credit qualify or income qualify. All you need to do is just do the streamline and lower your mortgage insurance payment. Um, that's true. Th those are true claims. However, the new FHA rules, if you do that refi today to get your mortgage insurance down by a half a percent, yes, you're going to save money today. But the FHA mortgage insurance for cases today lasts for the life of the loan. The, the FHA loan that you have, if it's one of the you know vintage from just a couple years ago, three years ago, the mortgage insurance is going to end. So I get these solicitations and I see these solicitations where companies are saying, let us streamline your FHA loan and save you this mortgage insurance, even if your interest rate goes up. And yeah, if your interest rate goes up, but your mortgage insurance comes down, sure, your net payment may be less, but now you're in a loan that can't be your forever loan. You've sacrificed your lower rate on the loan where your mortgage insurance was going to stop. And nowhere on that form does it tell you that in doing so, you're signing up for life of loan mortgage insurance. That may come out later in your closing docs, the mortgage insurance disclosure and things like that in the closing docs, but that's just highly misleading. And we're not out running ads and commercials about people just coming in to do a FHA streamline refi to lower their mortgage insurance because many of the people that have that, the goal should be, Let's find out how to get you out of your FHA loan. And if we can't because your rate is so good or there's some other reason why you can't come out of it, now let's strategize uh, on how to get rid of the FHA mortgage insurance because it can. Um, on the older loans, it can go away in five years. So after 60 payments, if you've amortized now, so in other words, you've paid your loan down, to a 78% loan to value, it will stop. Sometimes it means throw some extra money at the loan for those first five years. Or sometimes it means, and I mean, you might cringe at this, but sometimes you, you need to go in your fifth year, you need to take out a second and pay your first down to 78% to make your mortgage insurance stop. Yeah, you're going to have a second against your property now that has a payment, but that payment is lower than your mortgage insurance, and there are still fixed rate options for seconds. And some seconds are tax deductible. So this is the kind of thing that I, I want to have this dialogue about, uh, have people know that um, don't monkey around with getting caught by some gimmick solicitation. Don't monkey around by, you know, falling victim to one of these games where you end up on the phone with somebody that 
Well, it sounds like they must be the cheapest one. They say they're the cheapest one. Uh, make sure that you're uh, checking the water. Come see us. Let us give you a quote. Let us compete for your business. Like Dan said, we're we're approved with Cash Call Mortgage. How many of those loans did you do last year, Dan? With that investor, zero. None. Why? <laughs> because they're not priced very well. What's that? They suck at home loans? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Uh, the banks that are better at that are the ones that are getting business from guys like us. But the only way you're going to know that is if you're willing to make at least two phone calls. Well, we invite people all the time to when you've completed a loan application with a cash call mortgage or whoever, they're required to give you a loan estimate disclosure within three business days. Bring us that loan estimate and we'll tell you, we'll evaluate it with you. If they're giving you a deal that's better than we could give you, we're going to tell you. Hey, and you know what? Sometimes somebody gets a deal from Cash Call on a Monday that isn't the best deal on a Monday, but then they show up to me on Friday and say, I locked this deal with Cash Call on Monday and the market has gone up and it's all worse by Friday. Say, so you know what? On Monday... I would have beat that deal with my normal deal. But now that you have that locked and the market's moved, that's a good deal. Stick with what you got. Um, and then sometimes they come in and the market's way better. So it's like, not only would I have beat that on Monday, but I embarrassingly beat that today. They would tuck tail and be ashamed of that deal today. And so we'll gain that business that way. And then, you know, in the normal environment where the market hasn't moved greatly up or moved greatly down, uh, the investors that we work with by design, the benefit of having um, so many of them to draw from is that there's better priced options out there and actually even better price with better service. Uh, so again, uh, I can just only beg you that if you're involved in a transaction, I venture to say anywhere or thinking about it, uh, we'd love to throw our hat in the ring at an opportunity to earn your business. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do commercial break because we owe one of those. So, um, And then I'm sure Jim will bring us back with another great rain theme song. And then <laughs> we'll get back to talking uh, Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. 
Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. As mortgage experts, we can help you refinance your home or investment property. We can lower your rate, shorten your term, or get rid of your mortgage insurance. Don't miss the opportunity to improve your financial situation. Call Central Coast Lending today. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018-39608. NMLS number 328-358. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Raindrops are falling on my head. Just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Though A great movie That's a Butch City and Sundance Kid Oh, oh yeah so Must have been on the same shelf as my Prince CD <laughs> <laughs> That's a good movie I'm yeah. kidding Robert Redford and Paul Newman, I believe, yeah Yeah, huh. yeah should we just let the song roll? It's nice. It sounds lovely. It's very soothing. It I had raindrops falling on my head this week. Yeah, me too. It was nice. One of my sons went outside, like stood in the rain at night looking up, you know. Dad, is it possible to fill up your mouth with rain? <laughs> I don't know, oh, man. Drown too. Yeah, 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 be careful. <laughs> Isn't there some? <laughs> yeah, there's something that does. Hmm. There's something dumb that does, like a chicken or something. There's something that drowns. That will drown in the rain. Yep. Mm, there, wow. I swear. Look it up. Look it up, Jim. We're gonna move oh, okay. on to talk about something substantive. Uh, you find out what dies in the rain. There's something that does. I know it. Um, U.S. housing debt and credit numbers. How's this? This is exciting, right? Take a big stretch and get ready for this one. No, I, I think it's kind of cool. Recently, the New York Fed um, put out there to uh, – it's the second quarter of 2015, uh, this little release about housing debt and credit numbers. So aggregate household debt balances I – mean, let's do it. Let's make this fun. It's a fill in the blank. Um, aggregate household debt balances balances. Blank in the third quarter of 2015. Your choices are increased, decreased, or stayed the same. Debt balances in 2015. Third quarter of 2015. Third quarter for 2015. Debt balances increased. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, increased. As of September 30, 2015, total household indebtedness was... 12.07 trillion which is a 2.12 billion increase from the second quarter of 2015 in a quarter 
we took on an extra two billion and change worth of debt. It's like a fraction of a percent. Overall household it's debt. Laughing. Check this out, though. This is a trip. Overall <laughs> household laughing debt. I'm laughing at what I found here on the internet. Oh. Overall household debt remains five percent below the 2008 quarter three peak. And again, should that be the benchmark? I don't know, <laughs> but it. For the same reason that you laugh and say, should that be the benchmark? I say, are we seriously only 5% less debt than 2008? Did we learn anything? How come we haven't clawed our way back to paying off debt and having less? I'm glad we have less. But at the same time, then I go, oh, yeah, I know why. Because nobody's making more money than they were in 08. How do you get out of debt when you don't make more money? And we need you to spend money to keep this capitalist dream alive. And the only way you get any tax breaks in our tax code is if you spend it. I, I, if you save it or pay down debt, you don't get nothing but probably some extra taxes. <laughs> pay tax on your interest. So how about tax reform for 2016B? People get something for paying off debt and maybe even, I don't know, reward some folks for saving. As opposed, like you get, you got to pay taxes when you earn it. Now you got to pay taxes when you save it. Let's not go down the tax hole. Uh, according to mortgage balances, which is the largest component of household debt, um, increased in the third quarter. Mortgage balances shown on consumer credit reports stood at eight point two six trillion dollars, which I thought was a crazy number. There's a lot of people. Total mortgage debt in the nation is only eight trillion. Only? I mean, dude, what's the what's the country's debt right now? It's like twenty trillion dollars. <laughs> More than double that, dude. Our if if the U.S. is like one big house with lots of rooms in it, we're like we're three hundred percent underwater. Something this is crazy. Pretty wild. Um, Here's a here's one bright spot though. Balances on home equity lines of credit, aka the HELOC, dropped by seven billion to four hundred and ninety-two billion. So the people that do have seconds have been paying them off. Well, or they converted to an amortized payment and they're forced to start to pay them down. That could be too. <laughs> or they refied their first to take out their second and that's the figure that's getting counted is, sure. hey, look at all these seconds that went away. Yep. But I don't know. I, I mean, of all the takeaway there, though, it's like, oh, it's a trip. There's only eight trillion, eight and a quarter trillion worth of mortgage debt. I would have thought, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know what a trillion is. It's a lot. A lot of zeros. Do you even have a, hill, a trillion hairs on your body? I have no idea. I don't know. Never counted. I don't them. even know what a trillion is. That's a <laughs> lot of stuff. You'd have to count until you died to get to a trillion. Um, but kind of, so in that, I guess, is why I like cling to trying to compare it to something I can understand. The, the U.S. Um, debt. But I don't even understand that. I watch that little ticker thing run, and we're like losing like a billion dollars a second or something in interest or whatever that number is. You look at that and just go, dude, 
We seem to just go BK or something. <laughs> it's a bad, this is a sorry state of affairs. Um, so mortgage applications, it was reported at the beginning of the year that mortgage applications year over year are down 27%. Why? That so many people rushed to complete mortgage transactions before, before the, Fed the rate hike. Rate hike. And that that's an explanation for why there's such a steep drop in mortgage applications. Purchases were down 15%. Is it seasonally adjusted? Does it say this, so? D- yes. This one. The so we already taken into account that people don't want to do home loans. Like, and the holidays. The holiday right. Yeah. This is seasonally adjusted. Okay. Refinancing was down 30, 37%. I ex- What's your... What When you look... At activity in your little bubble, what do you see? Uh, this year versus last year. Um, I remember last year being pretty slow last this time year, of year. Last year was the first slowish December, January that we had had in a few years because those prior years, man, things were gangbusters and rates were crazy low. And we just powered right through those winter months. Uh, which was nice, but not the norm. So this year I would count as more normal. And and I would honestly say I think pretty similar to last year. Um, in terms of refi, um, I think the refi rate today is lower than it was a year ago. So, um, I mean, that being said, What's a 30-year fixed mortgage today? A little below 4%, right at 4%? Uh, let's call it right at. I mean, that the federal... The federal number that they track on that, um, and this is kind of an interesting thing, is you know that we do that APOR, the average rate over prime, ARO, average APOR, whatever. But there's a number on the CFPB website that we have to put into every mortgage application now that says what the um, what that average rate is, and it's interesting because they attempt to make it a one size fit all. And that's really, I think, the problem to it. There's only a fixer arm. And so it, the rate from a VA loan to a conforming loan for somebody with a 650 credit score is so wildly different that it's really hard to see. But I'll tell you, one of the things I do like about it is you got to imagine they're keeping track of it in sort of a, a an aggregate type of fashion, right? I mean, because that's what it is, taking the average of all these things. Um, you can see... What it does week over week, month over month at the, for the different amortization periods. And they actually moved that number over 4% this last week for the first time in a while. So nationally, the average interest rate is for a 30-year fix is just broke 4%. Um, but it was over 4%, well over 4% um, in early 2015, and then it nudged back down. We never got back to the the no points, three and three quarters type of land. But, I, I mean, my gut tells me that last year it was like four and a quarter, and this year it's like four. So, um, but, Dan... I'll thank you for the segue here because one of the things that um, the goal for us in the office this um, first quarter of this year is to reach out to everybody that has, uh, and, and when I say everybody, I really mean our past clients, um, all of the loans for the people we did where they had rates 
that are higher than today's rate. So we're going to pour through and look at that and see if there's anybody that could stand a benefit of a refi just on a normal transaction, but also people with mortgage insurance with these appreciation rates. And you quoted another one today here of looking at what was it? 5.5%. If you've owned a house, let's say you put 10% down on a house and after two years, it's appreciated 5% a year, you might have that 20% equity at that point. Um, and so again, I, you know, and I, I worry that for some of the, the most regular of listeners, this is going to sound repetitive and obnoxious, but for the people that have mortgage insurance, and if you're driving in the car today and you're like, Hey, I have mortgage insurance. Um, listen up. If you have mortgage insurance, give us a call and let us see if we can figure out how to make your mortgage insurance go away. Sometimes it's just showing you how to challenge it with your existing lender. And believe me, if, if the rate that you have is good and the term that you have is good and the only thing about your loan that's lackluster is the mortgage insurance, we'll simply give you a schooling on how to get it to go away with your current investor. We're not trying to do any loan today for our benefit that's not for yours. Um, and then secondly, if we can't make it go away that way, that's where we start to look at um, doing a refi. Sometimes, you know, people don't realize that mortgage insurance is based on how much equity you do have, right? So if you, when you got your loan with 5% down, maybe you should do a refi and now you only have 10% equity or 15% equity. You're still going to have to have mortgage insurance. But the fact that you have more equity today means your mortgage insurance rate will be less. So we'll do a comparison in terms of, you know, what interest rate you can get. How does that compare to the interest rate you had? What mortgage insurance can you get? Can we make it go away? If not, can we lower it? Um, start trying to figure out how to save you some real money. Uh, and then additionally, other things to look at is um, sometimes just shortening a loan term. You know, if you have... Maybe you, maybe you have had a loan for five years and it's got mortgage insurance. Uh, we can do uh, a loan of, of any term between eight and 30 years and um, sometimes getting a 25-year loan or a 20-year loan or a 15-year loan might be the way to do it. And when you do those shorter amortization periods, it, it obviously speeds up the pace at which you're paying off, which will make your mortgage insurance go away sooner yet. So there's a lot of different things to look at uh, with those opportunities. And we want to hear from people with mortgage insurance. If you have mortgage insurance, call us. We're really good at that. It, and our number is 543-LOAN. That rings all the offices in the county for us. Um, but that's, that's going to be a big focal point for this first part of the year is with this appreciation um, of what has been 5% a year, let's use that to our advantage. And knowing that interest rates, um, if you just went back 12 months or 24 months, these rates today are the same or better than they were then. So it means that there's an opportunity now and maybe a fleeting opportunity to do a refi, get rid of your mortgage insurance or lower it while getting the same or lower interest rate. In a couple of years when interest rates are up at four and a half or five or five and a half or 6%, people are gonna get stuck with some mortgage insurance because 
even though they could refi out of the mortgage insurance because they have equity, they're not going to do it because the the interest cost at the market rate is negates the savings. And so that door, I do think, is closing. I don't know how fast it's closing, but but that's a good opportunity for people. If you have mortgage insurance, give us a call. Uh, let us see if we can help you make it go away. If you got into a home with a minimum down payment, like you said, homes have appreciated even if it was just six months ago, it's possible that you can get into a conventional loan where the mortgage insurance goes away. Fannie Mae also made a change in mid-December to allow their high balance mortgages to go all the way up to 95%, where previously they only went to 90. So yep. maybe you were buying a more expensive home, a $600,000 home. And you had to do FHA because you only had 5% to put down the Fannie Mae program would have required 10% down. So now that that program, they've they've become more lenient on that down payment requirement, creates an opportunity there to refi. And like I said earlier, one of the big things here to remember is that that FHA mortgage insurance for loans today or in the last couple years here have life of loan MI when you're putting down, um, you know, the minimum down. So that mortgage insurance you have will last until you sell the house or refi it. Don't wait to refi it until it's uh, higher rates. There's a, there's a quick opportunity here to be able to refi it in this market where the rates are still low over into the newly expanded Fannie Mae program where you can get a mortgage insurance that cancels automatically, uh, but is also... One of the biggest, the reason we want to move people off of the FHA boat into the conventional boat is that FHA mortgage insurance, if you have a cancelable insurance, it's only based on amortization. Only based on amortization. That means that you have to pay your loan down either over time or in lump sum, but that's the only way is that when you look at what you bought your house for based on what you currently owe, that you have the equity. On a conventional loan, they'll use market appreciation. I mean, the rising tide lifts all boats, right? If everything in the neighborhood's gone up 10%, so did you. The conventional loan recognizes that. So really, I mean, it wasn't your additional payments or lump sum payments or something that got you the equity. It's the benefit of the general market. That's why we need to get people into that structure of mortgage insurance. But it takes really careful evaluation because FHA interest rates are lower than conventional interest rates. That's where we have to get in and use all those analytical tools to decide how much does it cost you? How much does it save you? Are there any other options? Could, should you get a second and pay your loan down at some point? Or should you stay put? Should you go for the, the cancellation with your existing servicer? You know, there's so many different things to look at. Um, that's where I think that's where you want to call on a pro somebody like us to be able to help you instead of just calling up the operator for the company that spends all the money on their advertising budget as opposed to having high quality personnel in-house to take your calls. Uh, our company is locally owned, locally operated. Uh, Dan and I, the hosts of this show, we're the owners of the company. Uh, we work in it. Um, do you work 40 hours a week? Probably a little more than that. Yep. <clears throat> so we're in it every day. 
it's how we take care of our families. And, you know, this is the first show of the new year for me. It's for you as well, huh? Yep. Um, and so, you know, one of the other things that I wanted to say, too, is, you know, thanks, you guys. This radio show is a big part of our business. It does do great things um, for our company and for our employees. We are... I don't know. I mean, we're 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 insignificant in the world, man. What we're a twenty-person company, um, but add in the spouses and kids and stuff here, we're probably fifty local people um, that are really grateful for the opportunity to not only to be a part of this community, but to be able to have um, gainful employment in this community. This radio station and um, you guys, the listenership, helped make that possible. And, um, you know, 2015 was was a great year for us. I'm, even though these applications are all down 25 to 30% so far for the, the year, I'm expecting that 2016, again, is going to be a great year. Um, and we're counting on you guys, the listeners, to... Um, Give us a whack at it. Let us let us take a stab at your loan. Keep it local. Let us surprise you that we can beat out companies like Quicken, uh, which, by the way, we're approved with Quicken. Um, we actually have a lower Quicken rate than you'll get if you call the Quicken number. And, Dan, how many loans did we do to Quicken in 2015? <laughs> Zero. None. Why? Because <laughs> they're not as good as other investors. All right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I say it tongue-in-cheek, but it's true. And, that, and that's uh, why we have the company structured the way we do. We really pride ourselves in being being um, really competitive and love to have that opportunity to compete. So um, give us a whack. I don't I don't think that you'll regret it. For the real estate professionals out there, we are fantastic at doing purchase loans also. We've talked a lot about refinancing today, but purchases are our bread and butter. We pride ourselves on Home of the 21-day close. Yeah, we close a loan on time because we know how important that can be. We had one of our own loan officers homeless because the person that was moving out of the home he bought was using a different lender and they were not able to close on time. <laughs> so we make sure that that doesn't happen. We control the process from beginning to end and we can make sure that loans close on time. We work efficiently and diligently to get things done on time with all the, you know, the, lots the help of moving, and service that you need. Yeah, there's lots of moving parts and, um, you know, we pride ourselves in specializing in it. If you guys need our help or services, find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. Uh, like I said earlier, one simple phone number rings all of our offices around the county, 543-LOAN, which is 543-5626. Um, let us know how we can help you. We really do want to help you. We'll be back next week with a whole brand new episode of Mortgage Matters. So we hope that we'll uh, find you next week if we don't hear from you this week. Guys, be safe out there. Enjoy this wet weather.